What is the secret art of business? The creative side of our brain and the business side of our brain may seem like two separate entities, but they are actually interconnected and complementary. The creative side of our brain can bring fresh and innovative ideas to the table, while the business side of our brain can turn these ideas into practical and profitable solutions. By tapping into both the creative and business side of our brains, we can find a balance between risk-taking and practicality, leading to more success and fulfillment in both our personal and professional lives. I'm Katherine Lane Klein, entrepreneur and creative person, and in this podcast, we will hear success stories from people that are doing exactly that, and hopefully giving you ideas of how you can too. Welcome everyone to the Secret Art of Business, and today I have Karen Turner, who is the owner and transformation sorcerer, I had to make sure I got that right, <laughs> at Brain right. Dance Designs. And I am not even going to say another word because I want you to talk about what you do at Brain Dance Designs. Great. So Brain Dance Designs is a web presence and business transformation company. So what we do is we work with companies, usually small to medium, but I've worked with all sizes of companies to the largest ones uh, in the world. Um, but what I do is I come in and I really get to know a business um, and typically it's a business who has, they're established, they are usually um, run by the people who own them. So I like to work with makers and doers. Um, it's very exciting and, and we can get a lot accomplished. But what I like to do is come in, get to know the business, and then I help them figure out how they can display who they are, what they are, what they do, and what makes them special on the internet so that people will understand them in 10 seconds or less. Because that's really all the time you get when someone goes to your website or your LinkedIn or wherever. Within the first 10 seconds, if you don't catch them, you've lost them. So that's what we do. We come in and we, we try to get to know who, who people are. And then, um, you know, the art form is is translating that into something that makes sense on the internet, you know, short bites, but it still has to display the heart and soul of a person's business. And you are spot on with the, you know, you got to get people's attention, just grab it right away. I always like to refer to that, you know, having a marketing background myself is that, you know, people used to advertise in magazines, for example. So the rule of thumb is if people are flipping through a magazine or going through the newspaper, what's that one thing that's going to make them stop and there are even more things um, when you're talking about websites that are going to get people to just kind of change their mind about something. It, it takes a lot to get them there. But if they're there just to kind of take a peek and it's like, uh, it's not that attractive a website or I don't, I'm not getting any sort of experience out of this. Or most of all, for me, if it takes too long to load, okay. I, <laughs> I have, I'm like, this is a trap I've fallen into and I'm right. actually back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you are spot on there because, you know, it, your website has to be beautiful. It has to be current looking. It can't look like, you know, it's been there since 1998. Uh, and some do. Um, you yeah. can't have it say, you know, some websites I go to and it's, you know, this is nothing anyone did wrong except that the technology changed around them. But you'll go to a website sometimes and it'll say not secure. Um, and, yes. you know, as soon as I see that, I'm like, okay, I got to go. I'm not clicking right, on anything right. here. <laughs> really? Yeah, run away, run away. Uh, really all that, all that can mean is that, you know, back in the day when people were doing webs, you know, maybe when they originally did their website, 
not everyone used, uh, you know, encryption, HTTPS. You see that all the time now, and that is yes. very standard. Um, and so now all the browsers give you a warning if someone doesn't do that. Um, so that isn't something where your website broke. It's just the technology changed around it. And you you need to communicate that you're keeping up with technology because it's it's so important for people today because, you know, I I – a large percentage, I want to say 99%, could be could be there. But people will go online. That's the first thing they're going to do. They're going to pick up their phone. They're going to click to see, do you have a website? Do you have a Facebook? Yes. Do you have a LinkedIn? Are do you in some way? Yep. Are you legitimate? Can I find out about you? Is it easy to find out about you? Um, and so what I like to do is ask people when I first start to work with them is, what do you want your prospective customers, your ideal customers to know? about your company within 10 seconds. What do you want them to know about you? What's the most important thing? And that's where you start from. You start from what's the most important thing you want someone to know about your business. So I think, um, you know, if I turn that back around on myself, the most important thing I want somebody to know about my business is that if you work with me, you will be seen. You will be seen on the internet and they will see you they will not just see a cookie cutter version of everyone else's marketing message. They won't see a lot of flash that's designed to grab your attention, but really has no substance. They will see you and your business. I, I love that. And I think that's more and more and more needed. So if people don't feel like they have that on their website, or maybe you have a friend that has a website that doesn't do exactly that, they should probably get in touch with you. <laughs> all, right. um, all right. So you... Uh, we're not born into this role of being an owner of a business. You may have been born a sorcerer. I'm not sure, but we can dig into that. <laughs> but um, definitely you have, didn't, weren't born owning this, owning this business. You started out you know, as a child like most of us. And I am really curious as to what you did um, that was really creative or fun for you when you were growing up. So when I was growing up, I, I was a voracious learner. I was curious. I wanted to learn things. I would see something I didn't know about and I would want to find out about it. Um, so I would, I remember, um, one of my youngest memories is I, I went to kindergarten. I was so excited to go to school. And when I got there, they gave me a book and I was excited and I opened the book and there were no words in the book. And I was so disappointed because they went to school only to learn to read. Uh, so I was so disappointed. So anyway, we remedied that pretty quickly and I learned to read and, you know, it just, I've never stopped just voraciously learning. And I would read the encyclopedia just to read it for fun. It was like the early internet before the internet. I was just, right. you know, going through the internet. <laughs> was out there. there was encyclopedias. <laughs> we had to get all the information from. You could find all stuff. I would just read it. I, you know, my favorite was the, the app S volume because it was science and they had the most beautiful like little you could flip the they were see-through and you could build the cell page by page and and it was beautifully done and beautifully executed um and you could see that and and there was other sections in there that showed you how to make things like make things carve little turtles or or make things and so I was always learning things making things pretending things making things up making up songs, dances, costumes, you know, all kinds of things. And, but I would want to know how to do that. How can I, how, how do I do it? How do I do it? Well, you know, and I would, I would make things, make little dolls for my mother, which she kept her drawer for my whole life. Right. So just always made things, always wanted to learn things. It was interesting. So so like, for example, you want to make a doll. So you would find a book on how to do it. 
and then do it? Or did you just figure it out? And there's no wrong answer. Well, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, I think I would cool. just try to figure it out. I would look at a doll that I had and try to figure it out. And, you know, some of my early attempts were obviously, you know, five-year-old oh, yeah. atrocious. But, <laughs> but then you'd look at other things and say, okay, how did they do it that I didn't? And, and even now, it's the same thing. I see something I don't know how to do. And it's easier to get information nowadays if you know how to wade through all the trash that's out there. Um, but you can find out just about anything and you can learn, you can continue to learn and do things and make things. Yeah. Like, um, the, the YouTube instruction things are like the greatest thing ever. Cause not only did you, can you read well before you had to only read it, but now you could actually see somebody doing it, mm-hmm. which is a little bit of a godsend for, I think, creative people because it, they're a little more visual. They tend to be a little more visual, but just to kind of it's like, look, what did they do? And I can really replay that and watch it again and things like that. Um, so yes, there's definitely a lot of goodness out there. A lot of good information to, that kind of helps us along. Now with that, okay, so you, you grew up, always stayed curious. Now, how did you get into what you're doing now? So I, um, went before I even went to college, um, you know, I was, I was just out of high school or just getting ready to be out of high school. And I happened to be in a store and they had a personal computer, which was pretty new. Um, and I walked over and I was looking at it and they, you know, they were, they didn't have it locked down like they do today and everything's a demo and you can't see anything. So I was in there and I was poking around and I got figured out how to get it to write my name over and over and over and over and over. And I, and I left it there. I said, Oh, that was so cool. I want to learn more about these computer things. And that just took off. And so I have been in technology for, let's just say at least five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Between five and years and five decades. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so anyway, um, you know, so <laughs> I started out as a programmer and it was so much fun because it was still very creative and that a lot of people knew what it was. Um, we could come in and help businesses transform. So I've been in, in technology and business transformation my entire career. I did a lot with big companies, um, you know, and then IT started to get commoditized and you, and you mature and your strengths are better used in other kinds of roles like leadership roles and management. And then I went into sales because it's still an area where you could be in technology, which I know a lot about, but also it was still a very creative role. And I used to say it was the only creative role left in IT. Um, that's changed a lot um, <laughs> lately, but, um, you know, you could, make your own destiny. You could figure out how do I talk to these people? How do I understand what they're looking for? How do I, how do I communicate what I'm doing uh, in a way that they can understand and we can, we can get them to understand whether or not they need our product. Very, very cool. And I, I can definitely see your path from being the child that is just really curious and wanting to kind of create and fix things. I mean, it all just falls in line with what you're doing now. So really that love is just kind of you know, transferred into this great job you've created for yourself, this great company you've made. So that part is really, really cool to see happen. Um, Yeah, a lot of it is, um, you know, when, when logic and effectiveness can live right alongside joyful abandon and creativity, there is so much expression, there's so much ability to create and ideate, but it's also done very efficiently. So I like to create beautiful things. I've never stopped making things. Even when I wasn't actively coding, I was still coding, you know, especially mm-hmm. even when the mobile 
mobile application development came out. I learned how to do that. And I wrote some watch apps and I, I made some games and I did a little game as an advertisement for, for another friend of mine who had a company. And so, um, it's, it's just, a it's a beautiful way to be very efficient in your creativity. And, and the, from the other side, it's very important to have creativity involved in your logic because it makes you much more resilient. It makes you a much better problem solver. You know, you get used to thinking about things that don't exist yet and uh, in, in how you can make them work in your situation. And it's critical to have that kind of both of those kinds of thinking so that you, you can create things from nothing and you can actually do it quickly and get them done. Absolutely. All right. So this is, I'm sure, keeping you very busy because you also have, you know, uh, a talent that is, you know, what, uh, which goes on a road that many people don't wish to go down, <laughs> which is coding and things like that. We, we just know that there are people out there that do it and we like calling you and making it happen. Um, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but in the meantime, uh, besides doing that and creating, you know, all things with code, what else do you do that is really creative that is not work related? So the things I do that are creative and not work related is photography, um, ballroom dance, and uh, stringed instruments. So I'm learning to play. Like I said, I never stopped learning. I'm learning to play um, all manner of stringed instruments. If it has a string, then I'm I'm interested in it. So right now I am working on violin. Let me tell you, it is not ready for prime time. <laughs> but it is so much fun. It's something I didn't know how to do that's wonderful. And you get to learn all of the intricacies around violins and how to make beautiful sounds with them and how difficult that really is. Um, it, so it's, it's a really lot of fun. And then the photography is, is a way to create beautiful images um, and just it helps you notice the world around you. And I like to take macro photos. So I, I come in and see an entire scene. And this one little piece right here um, is so interesting. And I'm going to zone in on that and, you know, water drop things and, and a lot of fun like that. Very cool. That is and the one. The ballroom dancing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So the ballroom dancing um, is something that my husband and I do together. And it is also an intersection of logic and creativity so you have to both you can you know there's there's different ends of the spectrum where you can you can dance freely and be creative and do you know move with the way the music takes you or you could be very firm you know and and follow all the rules and and either of those are fine and they're they're great and but the most beautiful dancers are the ones who can do both of those things. Like they take enough of the logic and technique and understand how the movements and muscles work. And then they use that to apply their emotions and their feelings toward the music. And so I it, think that is also a perfect example of how having both sides of those things just makes you better at whatever it is you do. I didn't think about that, but I think you were definitely spot on for sure on that. And that asks, makes me ask the question, how did you get involved with ballroom dancing? So we, ballroom dance was something that we, we, you know, I've always loved dancing, just regular club dancing or any other kind of dancing. But I always thought when you see those old movies or you see, you know, other movies where people are dancing and, it's, you know, it's very beautiful. Um, it's always something that, again, it was something I didn't know and I, I thought would be really fun to learn. Um, but, you know, all of the things kids work stuff life um it was just something that we didn't take time for until our youngest son went off to college and they were all 
in school out of state. And we looked at each other and we said, what are we going to do with all this free time? And so we decided to try ballroom dancing and we thought we would just do it once in a while for fun. Mm-hmm. And we got totally sucked in. It, it was for, for the both of us and my husband approaches it very differently than I do because he is very interested in vectors and how this works and how that works. And, um, but he's also a musician. So he, he understands the music as well. And so it's something we can do together. And the fact that we compete gives us a role to work for. So it gives us a purpose um, for all that work. So we, we have to have something to work for. Um, and, and we would dance anyway. We'll, we won't stop. But having to know we're getting ready to go to a competition in a month really drives you to get really working on the stuff that needs work. I, I love that you've taken something that is, you know, just such a, a fluid, beautiful thing. And you're like, oh, we can make this competitive. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that's really fun and I have to commend you for having a willing participant too because not every oh, every yes. time do that so lucky you there. are yep. a lucky woman in yep. that regard I am very lucky there um also with like the photography I I'm going to just kind of put a point on this because if anything that's a, a really a great gateway for people to kind of get back into, you know, kind of exploring their creative side a bit. Because in our pockets, we have these phones, everybody is immediately thinking like selfies, selfies, selfies. But um, you really said, you know what, just really looking at things and getting the photos, that is, you know, a great way for people to start sparking some of this creativity that they thought that they gave up or never had in the first place. So yes. I'm assuming you're doing a lot of this with your phone or do you, are you doing this like with a camera? I do both. Actually, I have um, a lot of digital photography equipment and I've done mm-hmm. a lot of work with, you know, the real, not pro level, but, you know, they call it advanced amateur or whatever they call it, um, advanced hobbyist. But anyway, so I have a lot of equipment, but the best camera to use in any situation is the one that you have in your hand. So yeah, 99% I mean, of the time, it's moment. my phone. It's my phone. <laughs> Um, and, and the phone cameras have gotten so good um, that there's really no reason most of the time to be dragging around a heavy camera that exactly. isn't connected to the Internet and can, you know, send photos to whoever. So I think if I'm doing something that's really intricate, that's going to be blown up hugely, you know, I'll, pick, I'll bust up the big camera. But for most things, I just use my phone. So with the photography, are you just doing it, like you said, as a hobby or are you going to make this a little more competitive and do shows and monetize it in some way? You know, I am not going to do that. Um, I have time for about one and a half hobbies and right now I have five. (laughs) So, (laughs) So, um, but what it does for me, um, even in terms of business, sorry about that, even in terms of businesses, you know, it helps, it gets you able to look um, with an eye to what is this going to look like on a screen in print? You know, how much color really works? Where's the color that works? What should, so you take pictures and you see something and you can see what it looks like. And then you look at the picture and you go, Oh, that's really cluttered. Or, Oh, I forgot that. Or, Oh, this. So it it helps you fine tune your eye. And then when I'm Mm -hmm. working with clients and helping them redo their logos or set up their websites or choose their colors, you know, you take a picture um, and one of the best ways to do that is to choose a photograph that you really like. Um, for instance, the one right behind your head is beautiful. You can take okay. that picture and you choose the colors in the picture. Um, you know, you choose four colors from the picture that you really like and 
chances are they're going to look amazing as website colors. That's absolutely right. And I love how you tied that back, that hobby, if you will, back into what you do just for work, because that's kind of what really this is all about is, you know, do these other things and it's going to really help you in business and, and bring more creativity, innovation based on that exploration outside of your typical job. It does. And it it really helps you um, stay comfortable. I I won't say get comfortable because we're all born comfortable with this, but get, get comfortable again or stay comfortable with stepping outside your comfort zone. So it's so critical to be willing to not know what you're doing. It's, Mm, it's, and it's mm -hmm. hard. It's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for most people to not, you know, you want to feel, you want to feel like you look like you know what you're doing. You want to feel like you, you know, you have skills and you can do things and and people tend to grow into be very uncomfortable, not knowing what they're doing and which is killer for creativity. You have to be willing to step outside that comfort zone and build something that may or may not work. And then learn from that and build something better and tweak it and style it. And, you know, I like to say no code will defeat me. Um, it's, but it gives you an opportunity to learn um, what's going on. And, you know, and because I'm a voracious reader and I, and I love learning, it's not difficult to stay to keep up with the changing technology. Oh, my and, gosh. And yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It is just flying right now, which is kind of exciting in a way, too. Um. And also, I think that's also a really important thing to say, too, that, you know, especially if you're starting to get bored in your job or your career, it's like maybe you've you've learned enough here and you should look into other things to kind of spark that curiosity again, because that's that's what keeps things fun, I think. Yeah, even in my big corporate jobs, I, I would take on roles that where it was something needed to be done differently. The processes need to be fixed here. How can we be more efficient? How can we communicate better with our clients? How can we, and that's another part of what I do when I come in and work with a company uh, is really get to know what they do on a day-to-day basis and how they could do it better. And I may know some things that they don't even know exist that could make their lives so much easier. And that's all part of the process as you're going through, as I'm asking questions, as of getting to know a company, uh, it will trigger things like, you know, you could do this this way. You can, you know, have a button to click so that they can call you from their phone without having to do anything. They don't have to write down your phone number. It's right there. Um, you know, and it's also underscores the importance of, you know, making sure things work correctly. So when you understand what could go wrong, you can make sure that it doesn't. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Karen, this was fantastic. I, you touched upon all the good things that I'm trying to convey in this podcast and why it's important. So I do appreciate you kind of being a testimonial for this idea that you do need to stay curious and you need to challenge yourself and be creative. And for you in a variety of ways, which is great. It's not like you just picked one thing. You have a lot of things that you do that just give you, give you a chance to just kind of break out and break free from what people might think could be boring in coding, but like I said, we need people that do it and are excited about it. And you are that person. So it's exactly. great to have this chance to talk with you more. Well, thanks so much for having me on. I do really believe that you are spot on in your in your idea that, that it is critical to have both sides. And creativity is so important. And it just makes you better at anything you do. 
Thanks. Thanks for that reinforcement. And I, again, I appreciate you being on today. Sure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. The Secret Art of Business is supported by Portfolio Creative. Portfolio Creative is a recruiting and staffing company specializing in finding marketing talent. Go to PortfolioCreative.com to get started in finding your next marketing person or your next job. We are experts. We are creative. We are good humans. Please subscribe or follow this podcast to get the latest episodes. And let me know if there's someone you think of that would be a great guest on the show. Here we can build a community that believes creativity and drive can work together.